say no, say no to stuff because you need to make that space. Don't just say yes because you feel guilty. Don't say yes because you want to be liked. The people who like you are going to like you anyway. It is okay to sort of not be for everyone and it's okay for not every single thing to be for you. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'm a recruiter, multi-genre author, corporate trainer, and speaker. And today I am just delighted because we have a person on our show that is so exciting and doing so many wonderful things. Susan Hamilton Meyer is a brand expert. And for more than 20 years, Susan has helped Fortune 500 companies to find brand strategy and create distinctive messaging. She's an alumni of the Harvard Business School and the Boston Consulting Group, and she's on a mission to empower professional women and companies to really maximize their contribution to the new work world. So after that incredibly long introduction, and without further ado, help me welcome Susan Hamilton Meyer. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you, and I know that you are currently in the wonderful Big Apple in in New York City. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy workload to be on the show, but tell us, uh, Susan, a little bit about what you do and how it really does contribute to the new work world. Yeah, so I work with women who are generally in a transition point in their careers. So some of them are, as many of us have experienced over the last few years, really rethinking what we want to do for work, where we want to work, how we want to work. So maybe they're moving from a corporate job into a more entrepreneurial role, either independent freelance or starting a business. Some of them are simply looking for a new job that has different characteristics from what they had before. And then others are on-ramping from, you know, maybe being on hiatus for caring for family or, you know, doing other sorts of things. But in any event, rethinking sort of what they want their career to look like and to feel like. So I work with them to help them first and foremost, think about how to tell their story, how to make sense of maybe the multiple different things that they've done along the path of their career. Because I think so many of us have had more of a zigzag path than a straight line in the careers that we've had, especially people who are really curious and interesting and accomplished. But that does make your story more difficult to tell when you're putting together, you know, your resume and your LinkedIn page or thinking about how to introduce yourself at a networking event. And in the process of crafting that story and making sense of where you've been, it also helps you make sense of where you want to go. So sometimes people know exactly where they want to go, but most of the time they're kind of toying with a couple of different ideas. And sometimes they're actually kind of going, oh my goodness, I'm at an impasse. It's a blank slate for me. You know, I really need some help thinking about the framework that I could use to think about where I'm going next. So that's the work that we do. Well, I think the work that you do is invaluable. And as an executive recruiter, even today, I had a candidate on Zoom that 
you know, she really doesn't know the next, what she wants to do. She doesn't know what her next step's going to be. You know, we talked about a lot of different things that she's done and none of those things is what she wants to do going forward. I certainly think a lot of people are saying, you know, now what? A lot of people the last few years have really stepped back and say, you know, what do I really want to do now? I mean, I think this COVID pandemic has made us all, you know, realize about quality of life and, and happiness and joy and, and living our best life. And I think that people need someone like you. Now, you talk about the zigzag path. I get what you mean, but elaborate on that a little bit, because I think you do a lot about uh, talk about that, don't you, and what you do? I do. And I have to say it comes from my my own personal story. And I do find that it tends to be people who are, you know, especially engaged in life and intellectually curious or creative. And maybe they've had some side businesses or, you know, what we call side hustles, or maybe they've just flipped around from career to career because they find life so interesting and they want to do a number of different things. So I think it's a sort of an affliction of very bright people who maybe also had lots of opportunities to do cool things. But then you find yourself going, oh, wait, am I an artist or a strategist? So that's my story or whatever permutation of that applies to you. And so thinking about finding the through line of, well, you probably chose those two or three or four different things to pursue for very good reasons that ladder up or back to something much more core to who you are. So we do a lot of work around what are your core values? What is the essence of kind of who you are, how you make your decisions, what motivates you? And then you start to find, oh, right, I did spend that year, you know, working on a sheep farm for kind of the same reasons that I ended up in investment banking. Strange as it might sound, right? And then you can kind of tell an interesting story that's genuine. Once you've unraveled that stuff, then you can kind of write your story in a way that, you know, now you're talking to a recruiter or what have you, and you have to have kind of a buttoned up story, but it's coming from a genuine place. And oh, by the way, it's pretty interesting because you can talk about that year you spent sheep farming, which makes you pretty memorable. Well, I think that's wonderful. And and in your bio, you, you talk about the importance of asking for feedback when determining your zone of genius. What does that mean exactly? (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things I really encourage people to do, and I have to say, I took me a long time in my career. So I've been running my own business for about 12 years. And I think maybe for the first five years, I was reluctant to kind of ask for testimonials or feedback from my clients. You're a little bit afraid of what you might learn, or you feel like you might be wasting their time or people are busy. And then once you go out and do that, it's so valuable. And I I had a woman recently in a workshop who said, you know, it was very sweet, like very vulnerable the way that she said it. She said, you know, I almost didn't do my homework this week because I felt like so bad asking these really senior, really busy people who hadn't really worked with me in two or three years to spend time writing a few sentences about me and essentially asking them to tell me what's great about me. And, And then she said, I finally did it. And the first amazing thing that happened is that they wrote back right away. So immediately this confidence boost, right? That these people cared enough. Of course, they were happy to hear from her. Of course, they thought she was wonderful. Of course, they had a few minutes in their day to help her out. So that already was a big boost and a good reason to do it if beyond any other. And then the second thing is that you learn things that you didn't necessarily know before. So for example, when I did this, And I asked clients kind of what did they think made me different from other strategists that they'd worked with or why did they choose to work with me or, you know, come back and work with me again? 
And they actually talked about how I was an artist and that I brought that sensibility to the business work that we were doing. This is now back when I was doing corporate work. And so I was really delivering strategy documents as a deliverable. But they were talking about how differentiated their presentations looked and how their customers really appreciated that. And I helped them, you know, move their business forward because all of their collateral materials were so much fresher than what they were used to working with when they had a traditional strategist. And I had, if anything, probably held back in telling people that, oh, I was an art history major or, oh, I actually have a studio practice and I make and sell art as another thing that I do on the side of my business for fear, maybe that it would make me less credible, make me sound a little flighty, like I was unfocused on the work that I was doing for them. And yet it was a feature, not a bug, right? It was like a benefit for them and they could see it come through in my work. And that both made me feel really good. And it also changed the way I was able to talk about my business and explain to people what I did and how I was different and why they might want to work with me or why they might not want to work with me, right? You know, nobody's for everyone. And so it's good for people to know going in what perspective you bring to the work that you do that's unique so that they can decide if that's what, you know, what connects for them. Well, I think it's amazing and I love it. And I'm an artist too. I'm a writer. I'm an artist in the writing area. But I think in some ways being an artist, Susan, correct me if I'm wrong, gives us a sensitivity, gives us a a little bit more of, of an empathy or understanding of people at a little deeper level. So I think when we do that, sometimes as professionals, you know, in the career arena, we can really zero in on who they are and what's important to them. Do you agree with that? I think that's absolutely right. I think the word you used, empathy, is a word that I use a lot in a business context as well, in thinking about Are you listening to your customers? Are you really thinking about how to understand what they need, not just kind of market to them what you want to sell them? And that sensitivity that you mentioned, I think that goes a long way in creating something that's going to be meaningful in the world and therefore, you know, valuable to your customers. Oh, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Well, you know, the one thing that I have to tell you, I've always admired people that went to Ivy League schools and Harvard is near and dear to my heart. I didn't go to Ivy League school, but I've always been very impressed by people who did. And I have this beautiful little granddaughter. She's so bright. And I, our standing joke is, you know, she's going to Harvard. <laughs> she's so bright. But she, anyway, but yeah, you know, you went to Harvard, you went, you worked for Boston Consulting Group. Tell us how all that came about, because that certainly should add to your credibility for sure. <laughs> well, I have to say, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that presented themselves to me. And I think that The Boston Consulting Group was the first in a long line of kind of domino effect things that happened. And so I'm especially grateful to them. That was my first job out of college. And Lord knows why they had the faith in me to hire an art history major, but they did. And I was attracted to consulting because I think the way that they presented themselves at, I think it was an information session they gave was, if you're interested in solving puzzles or, you know, sort of untangling complex situations, and I went, oh, I like doing that. I had never opened a spreadsheet. I'd never taken an economics class. I had no idea what I was getting into. And that is still the thing I like about strategy. That is still the thing I like about the work that I do is, oh, let me take this really complex web of stuff that doesn't quite make sense, unravel it and make sense of it. And so that part of the job I really loved. And 
you know, those large consulting firms are really wonderful in that they actually invest in you and offer you an education on top of the education that you already had. So I went to work for them out of undergrad for, I was with them for three years. And then once I got into business school, they supported me with some tuition assistance for business school, which was amazing. And I went back and worked for them for another few years after business school. And it was there that I discovered branding, which is not something I had heard of before. I think the component that was missing for me in management consulting was the visual piece, because that wasn't really part of our remit as management strategists. And I was doing a lot of work in their consumer practice. And a lot of the consumer practice work has to do with interviewing consumers, doing focus groups, gathering insights to help the client think about their marketing strategy. So that was the type of work that I was doing when I was there. And I just was really turned on by like what you were saying about empathy. Wow, this is so interesting. What makes people feel a certain way about the products that they use? And in particular, it's that, what is a brand? Like, what is the relationship that you have with a brand? And this was years ago. So it was kind of the internet was new and people were trying to think about how do I exist in a space that's in the ether when I had previously thought of my brand as having a kind of concrete bricks and mortar actualization. So it was truly a brand question of what is that? And I always say like a brand is actually a relationship. You know, it's not your logo. It's not your colors. It's not your products. It's the relationship you build with your customers and listening to women talk about the cereal that they bought or people talk about the dog biscuits that they bought. And they talk with such warmth about the brands that they care about. I found that really exciting and engaging. And the world of branding has more of a visual component to it because, of course, there is the identity piece, the logos and the websites and the packaging. And so that I found interesting. So I was able to marry the two sides of what I like to do in the world of branding. Well, I think that's wonderful. And Susan, as an executive recruiter, I have heard from my clients that the way people describe relationships that they've had. For example, I had one client say that she had two Mike candidates interviewing and she asked both of them what they were most proud about that they had accomplished in their career or in their life overall. And one person talked about all these awards he had won and third in his class and this and that. But the other one talked about this little boy down the street that was struggling to get on a, on a football team. And he went down there because he was a quarterback in football and helped this little boy. And the next time he tried out, he got on the team. And my client called me and said, you know, Marianne, I'm going to hire him because that tells me he's going to come in here and be a team player. He's going to come in here and make a contribution to us. This other guy has exact experience, but this is the attitude and the relationship building we want in our company. And I think, tell me if you agree with this, Susan, post-COVID relationships are even more important. Do you agree? They're more important. And I think we also had a wake up call as to like, I think we value them more because we kind of lost them for a while. I mean, at least the daily interaction with them. And so I think that we as humans have had this wake up call of like, wow, I know what it felt like to be locked in my house alone or, you know, with just a few people for a long period of time. And how valuable it is just to be interacting with people. And yes, I think there's a renewed appreciation for relationships. Well, I agree. And yesterday I was at Whole Foods and I'm walking through the checkout line and I see Harvard Business Review. And the title on the magazine for this month was 
networking, how networking can really affect your career going forward. And I'm thinking that's about relationships, you know, yeah. and it is more important. Well, I think the services you're offering are so necessary and needed. You're just delightful. I'm so thrilled to meet someone like you because you have so much depth, but I can feel your wonderful, warm, genuine, sincere heart while I'm talking to you. And if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Do you have a website or how do they get a hold of you? So if you go to Embrace the Zigzag, you were right. I'm all about the zigzag. EmbraceTheZigzag.com. That will take you to my website and you can learn all about the workshops and the one-on-one coaching that I do and more stuff about me than you ever wanted to know. And all my podcasts are on there too. So this will be on there. And also I'm on Twitter and I'm there every day kind of sharing tips and experiences and thoughts. So that's another good place. And I'm Susan H. Meyer on Twitter. Okay. So in closing, because we're almost at the end of this, if I had to ask you two tips that you could give to women who are really kind of betwixt between right now, they're not really sure what they want to do to go forward. What would be two concrete tips to our listeners you could give without giving the farm away here? That would, <laughs> that would help them a little bit. So the first one I think would be know yourself and like, don't shortchange that part. I think that we maybe as humans, but certainly as women tend to jump straight to what do other people want me to be? What do I look like to other people? Oh, are they going to judge me in a certain way? Or like, how should I present myself? And not that that's unimportant, right? It's in, it's important how you present yourself, but give yourself a minute, give yourself the benefit of actually asking yourself what you want, reflecting on what that is and who you are, because there's what you want. And then there's also just kind of who you have to be. And like, you're not going to be happy doing work that doesn't fit who you are. And it takes a little time to get to know that and to also have the courage to say, you know what, I want to do this and I don't want to do that. I know that for me, that was very hard, right? Like when opportunities present themselves or nowadays when projects present themselves, which are like, wow, that's such a great opportunity. I just don't want to do it. And I kind of feel bad turning it down, but you shouldn't because you got to make space for the stuff that you do want. You can't just say yes to everything. So know yourself. And that leads to the second one, which I was just sort of saying in the other way, which is say no, say no to stuff because you need to make that space. Don't just say yes because you feel guilty. Don't say yes because you want to be liked. The people who like you are going to like you anyway. It is okay to sort of not be for everyone. And it's okay for not every single thing to be for you. I agree. I agree. And I also think another way to say that is say no and O. So you can know K-N-O-W who you really are and what you want to do. Ooh, I love that. Oh, you just wrapped that right up. I love it. <laughs> anyway, we're thrilled to have Susan Hamilton Meyer on Career Can Do. If you've missed anything about how to get a hold of her, it'll be on all on my website fairmouth.com. But this is Career Can Do. I am Marianne Fairmouth. And we have just really had a wonderful, wonderful visit with Susan Hamilton Meyer. And I'm sure she and I will stay in touch and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. Thank you.